We are looking at Psalm 28. Psalm 28. And I entitled this message Connecting, and it's about David. Of course, I, you know, David's one of, our, one of my favorite writers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know why. But uh, David is a, a... David's kind of an extraordinary person, <laughs> not only because of who he is and what, he's, what he has accomplished and where he's come from, but how that he has a sensitivity to where he is at and how that in his sensitivity to, sensitivity to where he is at, he is very straightforward in his declarations to God and what he expects from God and what he expects to come at the, as an answer to his prayer. So this psalm, Psalm 28, is a psalm I entitled, the, it's a psalm of connecting. David is connecting to his environment, which he considers and is depicted as being evil, but he also then finds out how, how to go through this, see where he's at, and then connect to God. And he brings this whole situation to God and with a declaration that God himself is going to see him through. So Psalm 28, and I'm reading from the Message Bible, and I, I have some little excerpts that I'm going to say as we go through this, and then don't think because I finished all my excerpts that I'm done with my sermon. I just didn't want you to think that, okay? In case somebody really got excited, he's done already. No. Okay, Psalm, Psalm 28, verse 1. This is the Message Bible. And here is David connecting, connecting to his environment uh, and connecting to God. Don't turn a deaf ear when I call you, God. If all I get from you is deafening silence, I'd be better off in the black hole. What David has here is he's frustrated. He's frustrated with his life and he's frustrated with the things because they're just not what he had wanted them to be. Verse 2. I'm letting you know what I need calling out for help, lifting up my arms toward your inner sanctum. David now is trying to, as it were, muster up the strength, muster up the faith to connect with God and to bring all these things, and he's making a real effort. I'm, I'm letting you know, and I'm lifting my arms, and I, I'm directing everything to this holy place. Verse 3 and 4. Don't shove me into the same jail cell with those crooks think he has an idea about where he's living. With those who are full-time employees of evil, they talk a good line of peace. They moonlight for the devil. <laughs> so David is seeing himself in his surroundings. It's like he's sentenced to a jail cell with all of these wicked people. And he knows how bad they are. And they, they moonlight with the devil. Then the next section. Pay them back for what they've done. For how bad they've been. Pay them back for their long hours in the devil's workshop. Then cap it off with a huge bonus. <laughs> uh, he's connected to how evil these people are. But, you know, he also connects with some of the New Testament scriptures that the wages of sin is death. That sin earns a wage. The gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin. And what David is doing here is he's telling God, God, pay them back for their wages. Give them their wages and give them a bonus. Because, verse 5, they have no idea how God works or what he is up to. God will smash them to smithereens and walk away from the ruins. What he's saying here is that, that evil, what is done out of deceitfulness, can never last. 
And when judgment comes and evil is, is um, you know, the only thing that's going to last from now into eternity is what is done for God. That's the only thing that's going to make it. So David here is saying, God, just smash their stuff to smithereens. Let the judgment get here ahead of time and just get rid of it. Then David, okay, he's connected. He's crying out, oh, God, why don't you hear me? I'm, I'm in this jail cell and nothing seems to change. Um, these people are bad. <laughs> they've, they've just gone from, from bad to worse. And then verse 6, something changes. He, in, he, he connects now with God. Blessed be God. He heard me praying. He proved he's on my side. I've thrown my lot in with him. Now I'm jumping for joy and shouting and singing my thanks to God. He, you know, now his focus is, is gotten through all of the jail cell environment. His, his focus has gone beyond the problems that he is facing, and now he's starting to celebrate in his soul, celebrate in his life. God is all strength, verse 8 and 9. God is all strength for his people. He's an ample refuge for his chosen leader. Save your people and bless your heritage. Care for them and carry them on. Carry them like a good shepherd. So David is saying, wow, God has now come through. And doesn't say that the evil people are gone. He's saying that I feel like I'm being carried by God. I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in a heritage. I am God's heritage. What God has has now come into my life. So David in this psalm then is offering a prayer to God. He is seeking God's help. And he's surrounded not by troops of soldiers. He is surrounded by wickedness, wicked people. Did you ever think that, you know, it can't get any worse? <laughs> you know, evil and, you know, the schemings and the lyings of people. Well, David finds himself in this situation and he is seeking God and he's being very realistic about what's happening. He's being very realistic about where he is, what he's doing, what's happening to him, and he's bringing it to God. The Bible says for us to pray about everything, you know. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, pray about everything and give thanks in everything, but I don't like everything. <laughs> How can I give thanks for what I don't like? Nudge the person beside you and say, I really like you, but I, can, I have a hard time giving thanks for you. No. <laughs> I really like you, and it's a good thing to give thanks to you. Right? All right. So I really like you, and still sometimes you have a hard time putting up with me. <laughs> and, and the idea is that we find ourselves, and there's an honesty about where David is. There's an honesty about his connectivity with what is going on in his life. And the prayer, prayer then, becomes our help in our times of trial. In our times of difficulty, we are to go to the Lord in prayer. Now, because and we need to understand, prayer is not informing God about something he doesn't know. Okay? okay? Prayer isn't telling God something he doesn't know. God, I, I want you to know that, well, prayer is allowing ourselves to work ourselves through work. Pray, talk ourselves through the situation so that we know exactly where we're at. God, here I am in this spot, sitting in this place, having these difficulties, or surrounded by these people, and this is what's going on. That is not 
informing God. That is focusing in on what is, what is happening. That is for us to focus and to give ourselves a direction whenever we pray. We have to have a direction when we pray. We can't give the, uh, God bless the whole world and all those who have problems and take care of those around the world that are in need and God, we are grateful for your mercy around the world and what did we pray for? <laughs> who did we pray for? How do we know what's going on? So David is being very specific. He's being very real about what's going on. And our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is a collective agreement that God is the one who is working in our life and that God has a dwelling place. Just as we have a dwelling place, David lifts his hand to God to his inner sanctuary, his holies of holies, and we are saying, our Father, because we belong to God. Think about it. Would you like Tabby to hit the notes? Father, I, be I belong to you. <laughs> I won't hit a note, but I belong to you. God, I belong to you. I mean, he's my Father, our Father, and we are directing ourselves to God and to his place where God's dwelling place is. Well, God's dwelling place isn't just in heaven in the inner sanctuary. God's dwelling place is in us. He lives within our heart. He, he lives inside of us. So we are looking, and God is well aware of all the surroundings, okay? But it's, we need to be reminded, we, I, need to be reminded of where I am, what's going on, and how that God is going to connect with me in this cell where I think I'm confined. So verse 1 of, of, of uh, Psalm 28 says, do we have it up there? What's it say? I have to find it here in my notes. Yeah, David's Psalm. Here we go. It says, don't turn a deaf ear when I call you, God. If all I get from you is deafening silence, I'd be better off in a black hole. So David wants God to speak to him. And again, prayer is not only informing ourselves as to where we're at. Prayer is also listening to God. Prayer is also listening. So God is saying, God, I, I, I don't, please don't give me a deaf ear. Now, God hears all things. God knows all things. And God knows what our thoughts are even before we say them. But our prayers are about listening to not only being specific about what we are, where we are at, but listening. Because if God hears our prayer, then our expectation is that he will respond. So don't turn a deaf ear. If all I get is silence, I'd be better off in a black hole. I'd be better off with those who are in hell, who have no hope and who have no place and no one to listen to them that really cares. So we find this place that David is surrounded by wickedness to the point, to the point he thinks or feels like he's locked up in a cell. So these people, this, this community that he is living in or he has found himself in, he feels trapped. Do you, you ever feel trapped? Do you ever feel like you were in a place where you just couldn't get out of 
And that it wasn't that it was locked up, but it was the people around you. It was the situation around you. It feels like I'm trapped here and there's no way out. I feel like I am in a cell. David, that's his feeling and what he sees. Prayer is about your relationship with God and taking what you're feeling and what you're seeing and presenting it to God. Not to inform God, but for us to be specific about what we see and and know. Verse 2. He says, I'm letting you know what I need. I'm letting you know what I need. It is a very specific. I'm letting you know, God, specifically what I need. Did you ever go to the grocery store and not have a list? (laughs) What do you come home with? Everything. (laughs) Did you you hear what the new thing is? They want to put a mirror on a shopping cart. Did you see that? They want to put a mirror on a shopping cart so you will look at yourself while you're buying it and saying, I want to be thin. I want to be thin. I'm only going to buy the thin stuff, you know. When do we go to the grocery store? When we need food. And they say the wrong time to go to the grocery store is when you're hungry. <laughs> because, you know, do you, ever, do you ever go with your kids? Or do you remember going with kids? <laughs> do you remember being a kid and going to the grocery store? <laughs> what do you get? I want this, and I want that. And it wasn't something that was really good for you. It was something, you know, you get the story. So I'm letting you know it is a specific prayer. It is this part, this is the place, this is what I am in need of, need of, and God, these are my answers that I am looking for. Guess what? When you are specific, you can also say, you can check this off the list. Our prayers are to be specific so we know when they are answered. And that it's not so general, well, it just so happened that it worked out. no. God has worked it out in my life, being specific. And David says, he's, verse verse 2, calling out for help. How can I deal with this? God, I need your help because I'm being specific. I'm telling you what's going, I'm telling myself what's going on. I'm explaining to myself what is happening, but I'm doing this with God. And how can I deal with these things? How can I deal with these things? The wicked, they don't go away. They keep hanging around. You know, in, uh, in, the, in the olden days, they used to wear, around their neck, they would wear bags with cloves and, and spices and things. Anybody know why? Because people stunk so bad, they couldn't stand a smell. <laughs> it's true. And we interpret that as, well, that's how they kept themselves from being ill. And <laughs> No, that, that may be one of the reasons. They didn't get ill because they stunk so bad nobody would get around them, and so they would wear this stuff and smell it, you know? Well, what happens is that we are calling out for help, and God wants us to put thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That, that God's word is, high, is a part of our life to the point 
that we can be so preoccupied with the things that are around us and even our own condition that we need to take the word that we have hidden in our heart that is part of who we are and look at it, to meditate on it. The wicked, they don't go away, but neither does God's word. Neither does God's word or God's help. So our residency is in God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It, this is, we're believing that God's kingdom and God's will will be established, and so we are being very specific. Jesus said, my life and my kingdom are not of this world. If it were of this world, my, you know, when he's, the day of his crucifixion, he, he's telling, you know, Pilate, he's telling him, my, my soldiers, my kingdom's not of this world. If it were of this world, I'd have an army here. But it's not of this world. And you would have no power over me if it wasn't given to you by my father. So, you know, don't think that you're in charge of this place. And our kingdom, our kingdom, it's not of this world. And that we are praying that God's kingdom would be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're praying that God's kingdom be established in the very things that we feel imprisoned by. I feel like I'm in a cell. I feel like I'm being held captive here. There's, it isn't with bars and with doors, but it's inside. But my faith reaches inside of me, and I believe that God is working in my life, and so I am establishing a way out. The Bible says, 1 Peter says, Do not repay evil with evil or abuse for abuse. Don't get hung up in doing the things the way the people who have locked you up are doing things. If they're going to repay evil for evil, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be worse. I'm going to get them better. I'm going to get back. I'm, no. The kingdom, the word of God, to say, I don't have to fight their fights. I don't have to fight their way. I'm going to live the way that God has because I'm praying. I'm asking God specifically for his power and presence in my life. And God, this is how it is. Lord, I'm lifting my arms, verse 2. I'm lifting my arms toward your inner sanctum. I'm lifting my arms to you. It's like, what are arms? Hello. <laughs> I surrender. <laughs> I'm lifting my arms to you. I surrender. <laughs> I'm surrendering to your presence, not to this, not to these evil ones. I'm not surrendering. I'm surrendering to you. And I lift my hands and I am surrendering to your provisions. I am surrendering to God's provision. What does God own? <laughs> Everything. What does God have? He's all-powerful. God has a will, a purpose, a plan. So therefore, I am your, I'm in your kingdom, I am your child, and I am surrendering to your provisions that you're going to give me, give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily provisions. I am surrendering to your provisions for this cell that I find myself in. You see, for any of us, it is that at any moment, at any place, at any time, we can immediately be in God's presence. 
We are immediately in his presence. Why? Because God can never be so far away as just near us. He can never be as far away as just near. He, he abides within us. We belong to him. <laughs> I belong to you. Verse 3. Don't shove me into the same jail cell with the, those crooks. <laughs> God, don't let me see, feel, think that this is my life. This isn't, I'm here, I'm in this place, I can't get out of it, nor does God say I'm going to take you out of it. Jesus said in his prayer for his people, God, Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but I pray that you give them the strength and the power where they are at that they are in my children. And, and David is saying, I'm in this cell. <laughs> and I'm surrounded by these people, but don't, don't let me see myself as locked up with them. I'm not locked into their mentality. I'm not locked into their perspectives. I have a different perspective. David reminds himself that God will punish these people eventually. He prays not to be caught up in their schemes. Thy kingdom come. God's kingdom in us protects and provides. God, you know, we think of the Ten Commandments, and, and whenever we think of the commandments, some people think, well, those are God's rules that, because he doesn't want us to do things. The commandments of God are our, our protection and our provision. God is protecting us from the things that would destroy us. And if we're protected from the things that destroy, we are then in a place where we can be provided for. So his commandments are part of protection, protecting our heart, protecting our thoughts, protecting our going out and our coming in. And then we have this whole idea of provision. So David prays that God would pay them back, the wicked, for their schemes, for their get rich quick for their abusive, their, their lies and everything that they do. God prays, David prays that God would pay them back and pay them for how bad they have been. All David is asking, we say, well, that's not a very good prayer. Well, the reality is evil will be destroyed. When it's all said and done and life is over, and God is reigning supreme in a new heaven and a new earth, evil will not make it. Everything that evil has devised and schemed and planned will be nothing, will be nowhere. The only thing that is going to make it from here to eternity is what God has done in us and what God has done in the lives of others and how that this thing, things have built the kingdom of God. It's the only thing that's going to make it. So David is seeing the reality I feel like I'm in a prison cell with these schemers. And God, I just pray that this, this whole thing would be over, that their schemes would be disrupted and destroyed. Verse 5 speaks of, they have no idea how God works or what God is up to. It's, it's, it's uh, not, you know, I use that idea, it's funny how, but it's not, not in funny in the sense of laughter, but it's, it's, odd, funny, that people have no idea that God is love and they think about some crazy ideas that they heard or whatever and that's their scheme of things about what God is about. 
And David says, they have no idea how God works. They have no idea what God is up to. Just think how far, how, how much better off we are with what God is doing. God will smash them to smithereens and walk away from the ruins. <laughs> what that means is their life's work will have no lasting value. Their life's work, all the scheming and the conniving and, the, and you know, all the backbiting, backstabbing, stepping on, stepping over, whatever, someday it will perish. It will be smashed, it will be shattered, and nothing eternal will be there. And so it's just like they're going to be of no value. <laughs> their work will have no lasting value. Sin will eventually be destroyed and punished, and David prays, that God, I just hope it would come pretty soon. So, praying. God, this is where I'm at. I'm surrounded by these scheming people. I feel like I'm in a cell. I'm trying to get through. I'm trying to get above all of this. I'm trying to get my spirit and my life focused beyond all of this garbage that's going on. I know, Lord, that all this garbage is going to just be destroyed and it's, it, it'll, it'll amount to nothing and I've got to focus on that which is going to last. So that's kind of our, our, our straightforward prayer. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And I'm, I'm directing it to God. And I'm trying to get above this. I'm trying to, I'm, uh, God, I, I've got my hands up here, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to get a hold of you. Verse 6 and 7. Blessed be God. He heard me praying. Whoa. <laughs> what happened? Oh, he's lifted out of there and he's no longer among these scheming people. Nope, doesn't say that. It says that inside David is understanding, God has heard my prayer. God has heard my prayer. Why does he know God has heard his prayer? Because he feels, he understands the promises coming back to him that the schemers... The connivers, they're not going to, there's nothing lasting about what they're going to do. So, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. My life is not about the wicked. My life is about the good that I can do. My life is about the good that you will do through me to touch the lives of others. You know, um, Thursday and Friday, half-day Friday. Um, you, you know me, I, I like motorhomes and all that kind of stuff. So I went to Hershey for Thursday. Wednesday night I went to Rachel's and Thursday and, ha and ha until noon on Friday. I went to Hershey and they had the largest RV show in the world. Oh boy, <laughs> what fun. And um, they had everything from, they call them little boy campers and they're just these, little pool behinds and they're big enough for one or two people and that's it and they had those clear up to the million dollar jobs and anything in between you could want or look at and of course I just like to wander around and tell God exactly where I'm at and how I'm surrounded by <laughs> and what I would like to have and you know these big ones God I just wait for you to transfer the funds I'll just go put it in you know I'll put a down payment on there and I was surprised. I mean, there was this one section. There were 18 people bought these things one day. These big ones, not the little little boy things. These massive ones that are 40, 44 footers. 18 people bought these in one day. God, 18 people! And I'm not one of them, you know. 
but that's not my story. <laughs> the story is that they're the people that you meet, you know, they bring in these individuals from all over the world, all over the United States, excuse me, all over the United States to tell you, inform you about these units and all that they have to offer, whether it's the little pull-behind pop-ups or whether it's the $500,000 jobs. It was surprising that in my conversations, you know, with these people, I would, you'd be directed. Now, there's probably 30, 40 salesmen or representatives there, and how that you would be directed to be with an individual who, and they said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I'm a pastor, and I've worked in hospice. She says, oh, my dad died in hospice <laughs> just this summer. So I spent the next half hour, 45 minutes, talking with her about her dad's death and about how that, you know, what had happened in that whole situation and tried to comfort her in that, in that place. I didn't buy a motorhome. <laughs> so then I went on to another one, and I'm there, and a uh, guy says, well, what do you want? I said, oh, I want one just like this. And he says, well, I'll get you somebody to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So the, he said he has this friend that he doesn't do this all the time, but he's a former NFL player, <laughs> and he's about 6'8", 300 and some pounds, and I come up to his, you know, above his stomach, and I said, you know, I knew, an, I, I had an NFL player who was a friend of mine, his name was, and he, he was an individual who was in hospice. And he said, you know, I've always been worried about, you know, because I've had severe concussions and head injuries, played nine years with one team and two years with another team before he retired. And we talked about head injuries and concussions and about he doesn't really have a faith in God and how the God was going to work in his life. And then um, there was a person that I met at the last RV show I was at who happens to be in charge of uh, a, a company. And we sat down and we talked, and he wanted to know, he says, you know, I really have to watch your videos, because I told him about my sermons and stuff, and I have to watch this because you always seem to have the right answer for me whenever we meet. And how that God directs you, because he, you know, he was the last time we met in Syracuse, he was talking about how that he was having difficulty in, with his Bible study at home. And, you know, he's, he's a, you know, they have a large church and, you know, and all these things. And he's, you know, one of the directors, board members that, that directs their outreach. And, and he was having trouble with this. And again, he's talking to me, and we're just there for another half hour, <laughs> talking about how that God is going to work in his life, his home, and in his church. And about prayer. <laughs> prayer. And we just had shared some ideas, and he says, you know, I never thought of it that way. Please, give me your card. I have to call you. <laughs> Not about buying a home, but about our church and about the, the, the outreach that we want to do in our church. You see, we are surrounded by lots of things, but the things that we are surrounded with is not... We're not locked in a cell. God has a way of taking what we do, where we go, the people we interact with and all that, and bring it together to a divine principle, in a divine place. Sure, I'd like to have a motorhome, and God's idea of a motorhome for me is one of those little boy pop-up tents. You know? <laughs> but my idea of a motorhome is something different. But that, does, that doesn't matter. What matters is, this is where we are at 
And this is what God has. And who, you know, our dreams, they're not about us and about what we're going to get. Our dreams are about what God is going to do while we are dreaming. See, what is God going to do with us in our dreams? Because had I not had these ideas, these dreams, I would have never met these individuals. And who knows whether my dream was not about getting something, but about giving something to people who were in very difficult places in their life. And I had to drive. I don't have to go to El Salvador. I went to Hershey. <laughs> went to Syracuse. And there I met these people who had been troubled with things in their life and I met the other man that we met, and he was in Florida, and I met him, and he says, you don't know what you did for me in that hour and a half that we sat inside that one camper. You don't know, and he told me this just this week because I met him, happened to be there too. And he says, you don't know what you did for me in that time we, sit, we spent together. It changed my life. See, our dreams are not about what we acquire our dreams are about what God is doing with us while we are dreaming. David has found himself in a place he feels like he's in a cell. But while he's, he feels like he's in a cell, he's very honest with God, and he talks about his dreams, he talks about all these things, and that God who is our refuge, you know, he is our refuge and he is our strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. Give us this day our daily bread, our daily provisions. We know how God is going to bless and how we are going to benefit from being related to God. We belong. I belong to you. <laughs> the Psalms we sing, they are talking about these places. Verse 9 says, Save your people and bless your heritage. Think about this. God, God, we are his heritage. We, each of us, we are his heritage. And David is saying, bless your heritage. He's saying, God, bless me. And then what does he say? We are, we are here. The property, heritage is property that descends to an heir. We are his heritage, that what he is descends to us. Oh, wait, what, is, what does he own? He owns cattle on a thousand hills, the gold and the silver and all that stuff. Belong to him. But all power is given in Jesus' name. There is forgiveness in the name of Jesus. There is love beyond anything we can ever imagine. This is the heritage that flows to us. And where are we? Well, we're in, this, we're in this cell with all these wicked people. But the heritage that I have is not from the wicked. The heritage that I have is from God. It flows to me. And what is flowing? His love, his forgiveness, his strength, his power, his peace, his presence. Oh God, I belong to you. I belong to you. And then verse 9 says, God, save your people. Bless your heritage. Care for them. Carry them like a good shepherd. <laughs> Carry them like a good shepherd. Those who are broken and wounded, 
the shepherd picks them up and carries them. This is the heritage that belongs to us. The good shepherd, he knows our name. We are the sheep of his pasture. We hear his voice. We follow him. This is God. We belong here. We belong to his family. We belong to you, Lord. And we are his heritage. So when we pray, when we pray, be very honest with who we are. Be very honest with what we see and what we feel. But don't be preoccupied. This is not where we live. We, we may be here, but this isn't what I inherit, these evil whatever people around me. This is not my. This doesn't belong to me. What belongs to me is what I, my heritage that flows from God, who allows me to rise above all of these schemes of the people and see things and believe things and know that God is with me. And that in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. And through all the problems, there is a wisdom that comes from God. And that in my dreams, there is a place where God is leading me. And there is a place where God is going to use me to touch the lives of people I interact with. I belong to you. I belong to you. Can you say that to God? I belong to you, God. Say it again. I belong to you, God. And the heritage of God flows into our life. Why? Because I belong to him. Shall we stand? <laughs> so when you think like God has a deaf ear, don't turn a deaf ear when I call to you, God. When it feels like he's not hearing us when we pray and we, we feel like we're surrounded by scoundrels, don't worry about it. They have no idea what God is doing. Focus on God. Blessed be God, he heard me when I prayed. At first he didn't feel that way, but he finally realized, God heard me. He proves that he's on my side. I've thrown my lot in with him. I'm not jumping, I, I, now I'm jumping for joy, and I'm shouting and singing and thanks to him because, hey, wow, I've made it. Why? Not that I'm out of here, but that God is with me. Thank you, God, for being with me and carrying me. My good shepherd, he carries me. Amen? Can you see it? Can, you under, can we understand it? I'm his heritage. Flows to me. Father, thank you. Allow that heritage, O oh God, that is rich in you to flow into our lives. And whatever our need is, peace, joy, power, presence, Whatever is needed in our life, God, I belong to you. Flow into my life. I am your heritage, and I am open to receive from, your, from you your gifts. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Share a hug, a handshake. <laughs>